Sit in on unfiltered raw chats with multiple sclerosis advocate, motivational speaker, and writer, a hot MS, as she goes one-on-one with those who've had all the odds against them. From unexpected disabilities, incurable illnesses, to pimped out mobility aids, this pioneer in the chronic illness community wants you to know you can be a total train wreck and flip it into something positive, empowering, and even life-changing when she's not dirty dancing on an IV pole, that is. Society is programmed to associate certain images with certain things. We we learn from childhood that certain symbols identify specific occupations, specific groups of people, yada, yada, yada. They can, you know, signify danger or assistance if needed. And we know how to correlate the images we were taught and we know how to appropriately associate them with the correct identity or persona. You know, everything has identity. It's like teacher, Apple, um, uh, thermometer, doctor, or what was I looking? I was looking at a, what is it? Seth, a stethoscope, um, doctor, uh, I don't know, uh, conductor's hat, train operator. You know, we, we, everything has an identity and, Isn't that what we ultimately want in life, to have an identity, to have a solid foundation of who we are as human beings, to be seen and heard and know exactly who we are? But what do we do if our identity is altered? What if who we think we are is not how the rest of society perceives us? How do we change that? Even saying that seems like, you know, daunting and a pretty unachievable task. The only way to even consider changing this evolved human trait is to teach the value of perceptions. We all make snap judgments, you know, which, come on, let's get real. We all do this. Um, Or we can start to look at things from a wider lens, the bigger picture. There's always a bigger picture. Everything in life, every person, every emotion, every situation, every pre-categorized stereotype of society has subtext. It has a deeper narrative, but we don't invest in identifying this on a deeper level because life gets in the way. We're we're going a thousand miles per second and rarely have the chance to sit back and attempt to see the bigger picture. We're rushing to, you know, get our kids to karate or trying to meet a deadline that, you know, we, we were already two days late on. Life happens. Life happens and it hits you in the face and that's reality. But what if we start to change the way we think? When you change the way you think, you're going to change what you have the ability to see. I had always viewed disability as, you know, a a source of empowerment. And I know it's often looked at as, oh, I'm so sorry for, for you, or, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through this. And it's like, while empathy is awesome, empathy is great, you guys, empathy is nice. It's, it, you know, allows the other person or, or other people to understand what you're going through, but too much of it puts you in a pity party. And I hate that. I hate the, you know, oh, that poor person. And oh, you poor thing. I cannot tell you. 
I'm sure some of you listening to this, maybe you were even one of them that had DM'd me at a time saying, oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry you're going through, through that. I'm like, stop saying you poor thing. I am not a poor thing. I might be going through something challenging and difficult right now, but that doesn't make me the poor, the poor thing. It just drives me nuts. But even from you know, childhood, one of my really good friends in grade school had cerebral palsy. Uh, his name was Jesse Cooper. He was actually the the son of actor Chris Cooper and author Marianne de Leon. And this was in uh, in Kingston, Massachusetts. And Jesse was in a wheelchair and used his computer as the catalyst for communication. But I remember being in the fourth and fifth grade and the other kids were like almost fearful of him. You know, they were unsure how to act around him. It was, it was almost like observing a presentation of some tricky science experiment and everybody was like carefully analyzing, you know, it, it was, they were awkward. And even as a kid, I couldn't understand why they were acting like that and why the, you know, the socialization between them and Jesse was like weird and awkward. I just didn't get it. Um, I was an outcast in school. You know, I, I learned that being different wasn't necessarily at the time something to boast about. It got me sitting and eating lunch alone and shoved in lockers. Uh, I'm pretty sure I talked about this at some other episode or podcast or article or something that I was tiny enough to fit comfortably <laughs> inside of a locker. So it was like, eh, whatever. I'm small enough. It doesn't hurt. Shove me in there. Fine. But I viewed Jesse as normal. I couldn't understand why everyone else didn't. You know, I love to hang out with him. He, uh, gosh, he was such an amazing poet. He wrote poetry all the time uh, with his computer and it was just amazing. You know, he was an exceptional writer and way beyond his years as far as maturity goes. But I always felt like he was teaching me something. He shared his poetry and I shared my music. So I think we kind of fed off, you know, the creativity of one another, but Perception for me was always something that came natural. I saw the bigger picture in people regardless of what I saw on the outside. But I believe that perception is also something that can be taught and developed over time. Just like anything that we want to perfect in life, it's going to take constant mental recognition. It takes evaluation and analysis. And lastly, and most importantly, it takes action. It takes action. We can learn and educate all we want, but what good is that if we're not going to apply it? On September 19th, 2019, I was diagnosed with MS. And I had, you know, been experiencing symptoms for years and had ignored every sign that was thrown at me. I had made, you know, the excuses of, oh, that's just what bodies do and it's stress and it's PTSD and I'm getting older. You don't typically start to take action until things get serious. Being diagnosed with a chronic illness and disability that would maybe eventually put me in a wheelchair when I, you know, at, at 30 years old was shocking. Like, hello, it, of course it was shocking. You know, I had plans to accomplish. I had places to go and people to see, go, go, go. And, you know, for about three seconds, I truly didn't believe that I could do any of those things. And then something changed. A moment of determination came over me and 
you know, it was, it was like this fight or flight moment and I was calm. I, I knew what my purpose was and I had no clue how I was going to get there, but I was determined to figure it out. The ability in my leg was worsening and mobility was changing daily. You know, I was sneezing and peeing, you know, I had bladder incontinence and, you know, it, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, I was trashing the right side of my body for overcompensating of a lack of ability on my left side. Talk about back issues. I started exploring mobility aids because my neurologist told me that that was really going to help me. And, you know, <laughs> using, using a walking cane at 30 years old, you're going to get a lot of looks. And it was not easy. I could now understand the opposing side of how Jesse felt. And I remember, you know, my memory took me back to fourth grade and suddenly I, I knew how it felt to be stared at, not just because you're the crazy artistic kid that sang and you were different, but because you had a disability and people did not understand or know how to react to it. And it frustrated the living hell out of me to hear comments from total strangers, by the way, of, oh, did you get into an accident? Oh, how did you hurt yourself? Oh, what happened to you? You cannot imagine, or maybe you can, you know, how bold people can be when it comes to the invasion of someone else's personal life and personal space. Um, you know, I've had people like, openly grab my cane from my hand and look at it. Like if they like the design, it's just like bizarre. People do weird things. I was irritated and offended at first as anyone going through a total life change would expect. But then again, I knew that I didn't want to feel this way every day of my life. I didn't want to feel like this. I did not want to feel like that anymore. I was still adapting emotionally to my new normal. And every time someone asked me about it, I felt like I was taking a bullet of reality. I did not want to feel targeted. And I certainly did not want to feel like a victim. So I started responding back with the truth. I have multiple sclerosis, which affects my neurological system and affects my mobility. Seriously. I quote unquote, this is what I told people. And some people I could tell were absorbing it, you know, what I said. And, and others, you could see they were completely confused and unable to mentally process. No, it's nobody's business. But how can we hope to change the overall perception of how disability is viewed if we're too prideful of our own privacy to do the dirty work and get real? Just get real. Your medical status is no single person's business, but as far as advocating for disability as a whole, I owe it myself to every single person living with a chronic illness, invisible illness, MS, disability, whatever, to share my story. And that is why I share. That is why I embrace my reality and tell others. It's not attention seeking. Trust me. I have had so many people, family members included, that are no longer a part of my life, accuse me of being, you know, uh, egotistical and self-absorbed. And it's like, look, there are a billion different ways as an old theater kid and, and singer that I can gain attention. Trust me, I can throw on my tap shoes and tap dance down the frozen food aisle of Vons right now. Don't challenge me. Don't threaten me with a good time. But you can't advocate for something without sharing your story. What do they expect? A ghost to do it? Of course, it's going to take, you know, self-advertisement and, and sharing your blogs and sharing your posts and sharing your stories. And it's like, I wanted to educate. 
And I am a massively, fanatically insane advocate of perception. Society is programmed to associate disability with a wheelchair. You know, you've got the blue placard, white outline of a wheelchair, you know, having lost limbs, having a physically crippling defect. We see this every day with a national symbol for, you know, being handicapped. Again, blue placard, white symbol of a wheelchair, stick figure. Yay. That, that's all we have to go of. And it's not our fault. It's not our fault to think that this was the only way the disability can reveal itself. It's how we've been taught. By sharing your story and using your voice, you're not only allowing others to be open to a new perspective of what disability can look like, but there's also a sense of empowerment to this. You cannot tell me for a second that it doesn't feel good to have an impact on how someone views something. To be able to take partial credit for, you know, this domino effect of change. To be someone that was dedicated enough to a certain cause to be a part of the change that it, it's capable of. Again, you can't preach about change if you are not willing to get your hands dirty. I am 34 now. I've got MS. I walk a little funny. Sometimes walls come out of absolutely nowhere and you are not cool unless you pee your pants. Credit to Adam Sandler. You're not cool unless you pee your pants. You know, I, I love fashion. I love the arts. I love to express myself and embrace my youth. I'm a wife. I'm a stepmom. Um, you know, I'm obsessed with fishing and I, I love playing with fashion and makeup, you know, but when you fall into the category of being disabled, it's, it's as if people automatically think that you should be unkept, you know, that, that, all of a sudden you wear orthopedic shoes and you never wash your hair. And, you know, I know this from being told, wow, you look so good where I casually and realistically will reply with, well, MS don't make you ugly. It doesn't make you ugly, but I'm never going to stop being me. You know, I, I, yes, I have MS, but I'm still me. So people would ask me in the beginning of my journey you know, with MS, with, with my body art, like, okay, like, let's just take the tattoos for, for example here. If you, if you've seen a picture of me, you know, that I look like one tattoo short of Wiz Khalifa. We love you, Wiz. Um, you know, I always get asked, well, what are you going to do when you're older? As if, you know, the second I, I turn 70 years old, I'm all of a sudden going to be wearing like, you know, I'm going to shave my head and wear pastel colors and shop at Cold Water Creek and take up knitting, you know, as though I'm, like predisposed to be categorized as a senior citizen, you know, all of my core traits of what makes me, me are going to fly out the door. And then I'm all of a sudden, you know, obsessed with bingo <laughs> side note at 34. I'm completely obsessed with bingo. <laughs> Whenever like my husband and I will be driving by like a community center, or even a high school, I'll see like Friday nights, bingo nights. And I'm like, come on, Johnny, let's go play bingo. He's like, no, I'm not old and I can't. I'm like, bingo is awesome. It's, it's the anticipation that just kills me. Um, you know, but we, uh, you know, we're, we're changing and we develop new traits and we embrace new hobbies and we grow and we mature, but I am and always will be this artistic personality. I've always been outspoken. I'm always going to see, 
you know, the beauty in people regardless of what is on the outside. And disability is the exact same. My abilities may change. I may one day be in a wheelchair, but guess what? You bet your fanny I'm going to spray the wheelchair with, you know, glitter and, you know, install some shocks and a speaker system on it. My goal here is to raise awareness, to offer perspective, to think outside of the box and look at the bigger picture. When you look at someone with a disability, to not have that automatic reaction of pity, but to flip that mentality into empowerment, to see a warrior, to see one hell of a strong person that's living their life just like we do, but with obstacles and limitations. That, that's beautiful. That, that's, that's not something to be sorry for. And that's not something to pity. That's empowering. That is strength. And that is the power of perception. Thanks for listening to All the Odds with that crazy tattooed MS chick. What's her name again? Oh, right. A hot MS. When you're not listening here, check out her website for the latest blog or shoot her a DM on the gram. Oh, yeah, she's on that TikTok thing, too. And don't forget to celebrate your disasters. Your victories get enough attention. 